0: Welcome to the Carmed Rebels Podcast. I'm Jenny Fields, I'm Advita Patel, and I'm Trudy Lewis.
1: So in this episode, we're going to talk about change. Um, I think we've talked about this before in our previous podcast episodes, but um I really want us to look at the fact that change is constant. So post-pandemic. Uh, practically every organization have been has been has some element of change even if that change is just simply moving from face to face to remote they've all experienced some level of change and some are handling it well <laughs> some are handling it really badly and at the at the center of it is how it's impacting people and i think the challenge around post pandemic is things like people needing to leave, like the great resignation and so on and so on and so on. It's how handle, how companies have been handling all of that to the detriment sometimes of the people who who mm. suddenly decide, you know what, we're, we're done. We're done with big corporate. We're done with work in the way that we used to do it. I just want to work from home and um, set up my little tiny business by myself and and that's it. So it's it has a real strong impact on how... How society uh, are, are looking at business, and I think it—you know—to neglect the whole thing of change is at their, you know, at the detriment of them. You know, they—they they literally will, in some cases, may implode <laughs> um, if they don't actually decide to look at this properly. So, all three of us have worked quite extensively on change programs over the years, and that's whether it's an MA or A or culture. Uh, DEI, you know, there are loads of themes around change. And I, I just want to highlight the fact that um, because it's a constant, it needs to be looked at a little bit differently from how we have been looking at it in the past. It's very much been a change programme, but it's now almost becoming a change normal, um, which I think we need to find a way to to work through how we work with it going forward. So what I'd like us to look at is... How should we be looking at change at this time, given all of the things that have happened, given all the things that we know could be happening? We've got climate change, we've got ESG, we've got all the different themes coming through. And how do we prepare leadership and organisations to go through this? But also some of the biggest blockers and how do we help people to overcome some of those blockers. I mean, it could be from the angle of how people are looking at change, not just, you know, the leaders and the organisations, but also how we as individuals at the receiving end of change need to have the right attitude or be in the right place and so Mm -hmm. on. So it's quite difficult on both sides. How do you see that playing out in the future now that we've, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we've finished with the pandemic, but we're mm-hmm. in a different, we're in a different place with the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it has impacted a lot of, a lot of things. It has. Yes. Jenny. Oh, I sorry. mean, it's not a small
0: topic, is it?
1: No, no, no it's not. <laughs> um, did you have something you wanted to say? No,
0: yeah, you go sorry. first. No, go cool. sure? Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, so I hate that change is, is a constant. I kind of hate that phrase and I've hated it for a long time and, and I, and I say hate, which is a strong word, but I really do. Um, Because I I always got quite irritated, uh, one like me, about sort of change, specific change roles. And I think I wrote about this somewhere after trying to get out because change, you're constantly, you know, transforming really as an organisation and an organisation will will always be evolving or, or, or changing or doing things. And quite often, if you're thinking about your business strategy, you're doing things to to drive that organization you know forward in whatever direction that might be and to do that you might be launching new products or services or you might be changing how you do things so you know, there's always things that are happening to to keep that organization sustainable therefore change as a separate entity i think has always been quite a mistake yeah because it's not and i think that but that by sort of siphoning it off over here to the side like we do with other things um, like d and other things like that, we sort of put them over in a little box, and and then someone else can manage them. And they'll be an expert in change, or they'll be an expert in this, and that will help. That that's not how it works. And I think that to your point, Trudy, of what needs to change now in a post-pandemic um, world is the fact that you can't put it over there anymore. You know, it's got to, you've got to look at it as the whole strategy, what you're trying to achieve. You know, yeah. what you need to look at. Uh, And the focus for me and the clients I work with is all about alignment. It's all about the alignment in the organisation before you do significant change or alignment to that change. Because if people are not aligned to what you're trying to do and why you're doing it, then to take people on that journey is going to be really difficult.
1: Yeah. So almost embedded in that organisational strategy in opposed to we are introducing a change yes. programme.
0: Yeah. And I think also embedded in 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 your culture of an organisation, right. you know, and the behaviours and the spirit and all those things that the organisation is about. To your point, Trudy, of how do you help people feel ready for that? And how do we as individuals accept that change is, is happening all the time? That's about minimising ambiguity, mm. you know, because if we if we're in states of ambiguity, we're not in a good place at all. So there's got to be good communication, there's got to be good engagement, there's got to be good conversation, there's got to be good relationships built on trust and accountability. All of those things take a lot of work and effort. And for an organisation to be sustainable long-term, you've got to invest in those things in order to help people thrive in your organisation, in my opinion. And
1: I think also resilience as well
0: fits into that.
2: Hmm. Advita, what do you reckon? I think Jenny is 100% right. You know, people bolt it on. As a bit of a thing to do on the side, <laughs> and it, you know, and that's those challenges and the mistakes, sadly, that folks make is like, oh, it's an add-on, and you put it in a box, or it's not; it's your everyday work now. In in the stuff that we do, you know, and mm. if you work and. If you'd like to Jenny's point, if the organisation's objectives and mission and vision is to grow and thrive and do what they're set out to do, then there will be an element, well, there'll be change every single day. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenges we have in our profession as communicators and business advisors is that leaders and communicators alike don't really think of it in that way. They don't think of it as like, this is our everyday work, so we need to upskill ourselves and understand the challenges we're facing and why some of this change isn't working. And in, in you know everybody knows that you know the, it's such a wide kind of research thing that seventy percent of change programs fail, yeah. and then seventy percent of those change programs fail because of people. And when I speak about you know when you do your lessons learned after every change program and what you know what worked what didn't work, the emphasis always is on the technology or this didn't mm. work and this wasn't right it wasn't quite it's like no it's it's the people. You know we don't give people enough time yeah to understand the change we don't often have m- much resource and budget when we're doing that change. We treat it as a second job, ultimately, and we don't really know enough. And if I think of all, I, my career has been probably 80% change, mm-hmm. and it, it always and I think it always will be. So the work I do with my clients, the work I did in house, always 80%, 80% change. And it's always that kind of, we need to bring a change specialist or a change consultant to support that. And I'm not saying their jobs are not important, they are. But everybody in that program should be fully aware of the frameworks and models needed to make change work. And, yeah. you know, you just said a few handful of like relationship building and making sure that your um, resources are in place and all that kind of stuff. But when I speak to some comms people, they don't even know the basics mm. of a change program. And, when I, and, I'm, and I've spoken to comms leads and organizations when I've been brought in to help with change. And the first bit of feedback they'll give me is like, oh, I've never done a change program. So I don't know. It's like, well, I I think you have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but that's because we've taken it out as something special, isn't it? So it's like, if you haven't done something that's been badged
2: change, or you
0: haven't done something where... You know, this is a significant change, I mean But you know, you probably have introduced a new IT system, or you yeah. probably have, you know,
2: published a new policy. Exactly, yeah. you know,
0: that that comes comes back to the framework of think, feel, do feel, organization. A new yeah. yeah, there'll be things that you'll be doing all the Absolutely. time that are changing either processes or behaviours or whatever it might be, and I think. That people can go and oh, no, I've, I've not done change. You definitely you have. 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 There's no, I don't know how you can be in well, uh, business yeah, and not have done can. change.
1: And and that's why I, I, I do tend to say change is the norm. And it's not the norm because it's like we're having it every day. It's the norm because we need to have it in that place within the organisation. People need to look at it and realise, do you know what? Everything that we do, every little step along the way of the things that we're doing contributes to us changing and evolving something within the organization. And that could be we're landing a new system where we're introducing a new way of working and so on and so on and so on. And because it's not looked at from that angle, it sometimes doesn't get treated right. And that's Mm. why things like communication becomes the last thing that is introduced and the consideration of how it impacts people. And when, when I say that the proper consideration of how it impacts people is not addressed Mm -hmm. in a, in a correct way. It's, it's done, it's glazed over a little bit. It's kind of like, oh, we'll just, we'll just do this little grid exercise of where everybody sits and that's it. You know, we've done, we've done the impact exercise. But there's a little bit more than that. And we all know that because, yeah. you know, we've
0: had to deal with it. And and that's the danger in when you're looking at your stakeholders, you know, and you're sort of mapping them and yeah. plotting them on a grid, that it's not detailed enough if you're just doing the four box grid. And also, it's not fixed. You know, something can happen. You know, you can have your stakeholder map and, and that's what we've got. And then something happens in that process. You know, maybe, maybe a supplier pulls out of doing something, maybe there's a change. And then suddenly, your stakeholders shift as a result oh. of that, so it's not a tick box static and it's done. You've got to be, you know, managing that stakeholder map sort of all the way through. And I, I talk about st- managing stakeholders in my own podcast. So I'll pop a link to that in the show yeah, notes because there's be just good. some nice tools in there that might be quite helpful as well.
2: Yeah, and to that, and I always say to folks is that that stakeholder management map thing is important as a starting point. But it, it, you treat it almost like um, like we all have client databases to an extent where we sense check, you know, who, who is in connection with and what have they felt like and what's going on. Similar to the stakeholders. So, what conversation did we have with them? The heat map, right? I call yeah. it heat map. Um, and it's you know what's going on with them, how are they engage. Things will change. So, if all of a sudden you're doing a tra- digital transformation, and to your point, Jenny, the supplier that you were bringing in to deliver the the product, the the actual uh, platform, goes bankrupt. The shift in who which stakeholder you need to bring into that top right hand box will be very different to what it was three weeks ago when everything was going fine with the platform, and you're you're so right. And whereas when you transfer that grid, you move it onto the heat map or your kind of you know the, the thing that you're looking at every day practically. That's a little bit easier to keep manage mm. to manage, and people don't do that. People do that stakeholder thing, then leave it on the side. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And it. And, oh, done if it. they do it at all, if, if they, do they do it at all, because
1: most of the time it's we don't have the time to delve into that information. We yeah. yeah. don't have the oh. yeah, but you see, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, we're, we're going into bugbear yeah. territory, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 that's the reality. It's when you when you're in these situations, the constant is. We don't really have time. We've done we've done the tick box, but we don't have the time to delve into the detail. If you don't delve into the detail, you don't truly know how what the no. impact is on the people,
0: and, and actually, if you're not prepared to delve into the detail and give it the time, then maybe don't then you do have the to be prepared for the change to fail. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that's the reality yeah. of we haven't got time. We haven't got time, which you know I hate. You know, we're too busy. If it was important, and if this change is important for your organization to succeed, yeah. then you have to give it time. And quite often, when I'm working with clients, if they're going through if they're going through change or they're doing things, there's always that check in of do we have to do this now. You know, where's this deadline come from? Is it a self imposed deadline? Is it because we have, you know, where's it coming from? And I'd say quite a lot of the time it's a self imposed mm. deadline that then we're kind of racing towards, which is such unnecessary pressure yeah. because you don't, we don't need to. We can have the time to get this right. We can have the time to have yeah. the conversations. We don't have to to rush to do this and this is where I, when I talk about my model to go from chaos to calm is that rush to fix and this yeah. need this need we have to feel like we're doing something we're moving forwards we're we're fixing things we're doing things but actually if you rush to do it too quickly you're just putting a plaster over the top of something that no. will just break again I yeah. think
2: the only time you would have that rush is if you have to save money because yeah. something and that is that is the only exception in my opinion but,
0: but even then I challenge that right if I think about examples that we've seen already this year from some large organisations that have you know, maybe not dealt with things in the way that that they should have done, or they've suddenly said, "Look, actually, we've run out of money. We've got to make significant job cuts in the in this company." You know, I, I look poor back. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I I look back at people like Carillion. Like, you, know, there were signs that were chosen to be ignored. Yeah. And so to to make a need what feels like a very knee jerk yeah. reaction because suddenly decisions that have been made in the past have now unravelled. That's just poor business foresight, and I think that that's that's you know feeling quite bold today, apparently, (laughs) you know, but there is, you know, that, that planning and and the people around the room to be having that external lens on the organisation, the horizon scanning, all the things that you should be doing as a board. Mm. If you are not doing that, then you are, you know, you are at risk of something failing, you know, further down the line. And then you have to do a knee-jerk reaction, which you just should never have to do. So I can't, there probably are reasons where you do have to, you know, I think about some change where, you know, a supplier suddenly gone, we're out. And then you're like, "Ah, we need to do something quickly. You know, there are are things where you need to react to external forces that have impacted. But I do think a lot of the time, these are things that we've done to ourselves or to our organisations through, unfortunately, some poor governance choices.
1: But then I also go back to something that I think you said, Jenny, about um, the culture of change. Mm -hmm. So if we have created a culture of change within the organisation, especially from a leadership perspective and how we're building strategy and how we build it out and the experience then of the employees and so on, then that means that you will never have a knee-jerk reaction when it Mm -hmm. comes to certain aspects of change. And we're talking about impact to people because you will have done that due diligence or you would have built it in because you have this culture of change you have this culture of this is how we um our people are most important to us so we will find out this these bits of information yeah. that feed into change or we will treat communications in this way in
0: order to make sure that we've 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 supported it but, and then all of that links to a culture of trust and accountability and yeah. consequence because you can't have a culture where You can thrive through change and everyone, you know, people, there will always be people that won't enjoy that and and it won't be the right culture for them and and all those things. But actually, if you've got, you know, relationships across the organisation where people are trusted, respected, there's integrity, you know, all those things that could be on a leadership, you know, flip chart of all the the things you need, you know, that if, if your culture is like that and includes that, then change shouldn't be so difficult. The challenge I think we have in organisations today is that we haven't invested in that sort of leadership and, and those sorts of skills. And as a result of that, change is very painful for people because we haven't done that. You know, we've talked a, a lot in the communications industry about line managers, the issue that they can be in an organisation, which again, sounds very unkind, but we haven't invested in helping line managers have the skills to communicate effectively and to lead effectively. Right. And that makes it difficult. But if we're not prepared to invest in those things, then further down the line, that's going to come back and bite us. And that's... It's just a byproduct. So when we think about the back of the pandemic and the amount of change organisations are going through now, the fact that we haven't invested in the things that we need in order to keep relationships working properly in an organisation, to have an engaged workforce, to have an efficient organisation, because we haven't invested in them in the last 10 years, that makes things very difficult.
2: Yeah, it does. It does. And I think it's also important to remember, you know, we just said before, is that change does happen almost every day, but it's also important to remember that the why behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think what the mistakes that some organizations make is that they're constantly throwing out these initiatives and programs of things that people need to do differently. First of all, I'm not explaining the why behind it. And then when it doesn't work and people are not adapting it, or adopting it and doing things differently, it's failed and they try something newer, but they mm-hmm. don't give enough time for people to adapt and adopt and I think that is a big challenge. You know, they're like it's only been it's been like two weeks, and they're like, well, why? Is, why are they not yeah. getting
0: it? <laughs> <Yeah>. Why <laughs> haven't they lost it? What? But to your point then about the you know people being bombarded with change, I think that's also the problem. Is we're not strategic we're about not. what we're doing. No. It's just like you know, bing 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 bing. Yeah. We're just firing off all these different things, and that makes it really difficult because you're just as a communicator, you're then juggling so many different messages that don't feel joined up because there's no narrative around what you're doing, and you're just sort of firefighting, yeah. which is why that's stopping you know, strategic thinking, alignment, you know, the board together, all those things need to happen because it's just a nightmare. It's too much.
1: And people then get really confused about what they need to be engaged in. So, so you're throwing, you're throwing maybe a system change or ways of working change. Um, and then a reorgs in the background, you know, and you've got these things hitting people and people genuinely are saying to themselves, I don't know what I need to focus on. I don't know what, you want me to do. So to your point about why it's, well, there's the why, but what do we need to do as a result of the why? And so people get confused and don't know what they're going to, what they need to do. And
2: you've also got the external element involved in all of this with all the stuff going on outside for communicators at right in this moment in time. I feel really sorry for them right mm-hmm. now because you've got all of the change going on internally Guaranteed, there's a number of loads of organizations having to reorg, mm-hmm. loads of organizations getting adapt, adapting themselves with technology to so they can manage hybrid. Lots of organizations are introducing things like four day weeks and flexible working and weekend working in some place. You know, there's so much change going on. And then you've got all the Ukraine stuff, all the other stuff that's going on with COVID stuff that's still got, you know, that's carrying on. All the reports around the Met Police, there's so much stuff. And then leaders are leaning on you as a communicator because they want to change their process and policy based on what's going on externally because they want to align with yeah. what's happening. So you've got to that to contend with. And then you do go, you know, as a, as a communicator or as a leader dealing with this, you are a bit like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And this is why you need that plan in place and you need that structure in place. So you can go to the leadership team and go, look, right, I've done a bit of an analysis, this is I'm mapped out. This is exactly what's going on in our business in terms of stuff coming our way. Mm-hmm. You need to tell us what is the key priorities for this business over the next six months to a year. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that. We just don't do it. No. And we just take it on, take it on, take it on, take it on to the extent of where we're like, oh my God, like I can't cope. Like there's too much going on. There's too much noise. I don't know what to focus on. Where's my strategy? The internal comms strategy you, you wrote probably three, four years ago has been sitting in your file and it's completely lost track of what's happening. Yeah. And it's a panic sets in. And I think if you have those frameworks and models in place and you you know, and we are and I say this all the time, as comms, we do have the privilege of having the umbrella view mm-hmm. of what and if we don't have that privilege, then get it. Like, <laughs> go and get that privilege because we should be. We have we have the duty to represent the voices of our employees that we work with, and we have the responsibility to make sure our leaders are informed enough about what's going on. Yeah. and that is our role. You know, it's our role to make sure the dialogue between the leadership and the workforce is continuous, consistent, and and and, and works. Yeah, and when that starts breaking, it is it is our responsibility, and it's our responsibility to go to that leadership team and say, look there is so much going on, there's so much noise, there's this, 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 this. I either need more resource coming in into my team and more support, or we need to step it back.
0: Yeah. And you've you've used a couple of words there that I think are really important. You talked about there's too much noise. And when I did the research into deskless workers and how to communicate with them, noise when we in in the survey we were able to identify and this won't be a surprise really but that noise is relevance so if things are noisy in the organization it's because the content isn't relevant and that's what happens when you've got so much going on right because you're just trying to just get everything out there and, and try and share as much as you can but if it's not relevant to me Jenny Field as an employee number, you know, 265 or whatever it might be, you know, then, I, then I'm then i going to start to switch off. Yeah. And and when you're going through change, that's such an important piece to put in is how does it impact that person individually? Segmentation. Like, you've got to be so clear about that. And and if you're not doing that stopping and checking with your leadership team, then that makes that difficult. The other thing that you made me think about was whenever I've gone into organisations before I set up Redefining Communications, I nearly all of my roles were setting up a communications function from scratch and one of the first things i would do is i'd always come in and say we need to turn the tap off <laughs> because it was just you know gushing out content yeah. <laughs> in lots of different places without any and i have to you know you have to get your hands around yeah. it turn the tap off and then you know redo the plumbing and then make sure it's all flowing in the right direction mm. and and that can that that takes a bit of time because you've got to listen and understand but there is a need for us to control that. It's controlling the flow of information. Well, you
1: control it way from the beginning. So if yeah. you think about how we would normally look at any comms strategy, you'd you'd look at audience, right? And we were talking about impact to people. And if you're gonna if you're gonna just pump out comms because it's you know it's relevant to everybody, so just mm-hmm. pump it out and not look at that relevance piece, then you end up with the danger of people switching off, not being engaged and so on, because you have no understanding of the various different groups of people across. And I think we've kind of said the same thing more than once in <laughs> since we've been talking, you know, but, but I think that's because it's so important. You know, if you don't get that fundamental part right, and that part doesn't have to wait until the change is upon us. It doesn't have to wait until, Agree. and if it does, because remember that, that, that part actually serves a number of things, not mm-hmm. just a change program. Um, you know, you've got organizations who don't know the people that are in their organization, apart from maybe um, a little bit about the talent, but they don't really understand what are some of the constraints in these different areas? What's it like to be on the ground doing the work rather in, in, com- in a comparison to that manager doing his role so that they haven't, figured that out so that's why personas is a really big part of all of this and that's where perhaps you don't have to wait until okay we've got a big change program coming on let's do some persona work let's do some impact work
2: it's not like personas is important 100 but it's personalization we are terrible at it yeah like terrible terrible at personalizing the communications that we do and we don't have the right channels in place to do that and when I talk about the channels matrix and we talk about the you know who what who gets what when why they are getting that and what's the relevance of them getting that I there's not many people who have that no
0: you know know, and you're right see my channel matrix template is the one thing that flies out the door whenever I mention it everyone goes oh can I have a copy of that and I'm like yeah. yeah, like this was just something I, I've used it for like maybe fifteen years.
1: Maybe it's a while back that we because because how I that's how I was trained. Yeah. I was trained to like to to, to look but at that first. If you
2: don't know what your channels are and who's getting what when and why they're getting it and the levels of the people getting it, then how can you personalize the communications that audience? And that's why we people do, do it.
0: Well, but how can you? I, like, it blows my mind. I don't know how <laughs> I would have known what I mean, it was. Part of my comm strategy was having yeah. this sort of. Let me just have my channels out on a grid, so I know what's where, yeah. and then I can see if I've got any gaps. And meant I Or go if to, we, need a new or we need a new channel, you know, we're not we're we're missing this part channels. of the audience. Yeah. yeah, and actually, with mine, I'd I'd often have like a primary or a secondary audience because sometimes you do have. Yeah, you 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 do, because you've
1: got got stakeholders,
0: audience, secondary. And you you quite often have, if you've got an employee app or something like that, there's a primary audience for that and a secondary audience. So that's also helpful. But the main reason I had one was because I used to get asked to put certain content into certain things. And I was like, that doesn't fit with... The co- so I had to do the matrix because people needed to understand this is the type of content for this channel. This is the type of content for this yeah. one. And that's where it came from. But genuinely, it's, it must be about 12, 15 years old. now. Uh, that's right. I, I
2: use it to attach it to the ADCAR framework, which is uh, you yeah. know, awareness, desire, knowledge, ability and, uh, hang on, awareness. This is a test now, isn't it? I've isn't it? Yeah. About, um, yeah. Awareness. Um, Oh dear, oh she's dear, lost it. Oh, I've she's going to gonna have to do a Google. I'm going to have to do a Google. Hang on. Awareness, desire, <laughs> knowledge, action, ability, is it? Ability, ability, reinforcement. Reinforcement. See, I was there nearly uh, and, yeah. and just
1: for our listeners, that's actually just a, that's a change model that's uh, commonly used. Yes. Yeah. And we'll can,
2: pop a link to the show we'll, notes. We'll yeah, it. we will yeah. pop it in yeah. I was nearly there, nearly there. And I used that, I put the ADKAR in so people know what that channel is there to do because not all channels are going to be for two-way engagement. No, it's no. It's broadcast, you know, and some of it will be about reinforcement. Yeah. Some of it will be about ability. Like some of it will one. be about knowledge and some of it will be desire, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the change curve again. You know, when I say to leaders... When you're communicating the change, look at the change curve because every single person will be at a different point yeah. and you have to change your attitude slightly depending on where they are yeah. on that curve, right?
0: But, but you've also got to understand human behaviour when you're going through change and I think that's what they forget yeah. as well because they're kind of in it, you know, all organisations are going through it. But if you don't understand human beings and fundamentally understand what it is to be a person and to be human and how mm. we respond to change then you're not going to get your messaging right either no. and
1: i think the change models were trying to attempt to pull that behavioral you know part of it out out so that people could see it so that people could get involved in it but we've left it on the page too much yeah so we've kept it on that piece of paper we write it down we look at it and we say yes that's what that's where people are but we don't do very much with it further yeah. than that.
0: Well, this is where I we oversimplify. The challenge. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is where we oversimplify things. In in all sense of life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we try and make things very simple and put them in boxes to make life easier, which yeah. is natural. You know, even even with things like, you know, like diets as, you know, and, yeah. and the diet industry is let's put different diets into boxes and say to everyone, you know, do keto, do Cambridge, do that, you know, do all these different ones because these are the solution. it's a human body. It's completely individual (laughs) you know what works for you won't work for me and and yet we try and make things simple you know for for marketing purposes and for things like that and And you can codify things you know and 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 i think that's helpful but to try and simplify something as as complex as human behavior and organizational change i think is where we may have fallen down
2: and this is why you have to adjust your attitude or your behavior towards those groups when you are communicating so when you are in the you know, when people are at the top end of that curve of disbelief and it's not happening to me, you have to be quite, you know, you may have to go into telling command mm-hmm. a little bit there because this is what's happening and this is why it's happening. And it's a bit of, you know, a conversation here to reassure people and build a trust at that point. And when people are in the dip, when they're feeling a bit sad and this is, I'm going to lose my job or something's going to happen to me. This is when the nurturing side of that leader has to come out yeah. and they have to. And when leaders say to me, and it's my words, I hate the phrases, they get on the bus or they get off. <laughs> get I on use the bus I'll get off right and to, to an element I understand why they may use that but please allow them to go through a few stops first <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I'm going to you... get on the bus here yeah. I'm going
0: to go five stops yeah. and then if I want to get off I'll get off exactly. but I might want to go all the way to the, the end of the let line let them get to the bus <laughs>
2: depot that's what I always say so if you're going to use that analogy let the people let the bus like get that. to the depot And then they can get off, right? But if they want to go for another ride, then let them stay on. But you have to allow people to get to the depot. Absolutely. And I mean, I would say that you can use that phrase only
1: if you have done the bit that says, I've explained the why, I've explained exactly what's going to happen properly. So people are engaged in it from that level, Mm. which I know we've said loads of, you know, we've already shared loads of good advice, but just in case you have any other tips... Jenny, go on.
0: So I suppose, I mean, the main one for me, if you're going through any kind of change is, I mean, I've got 700, I feel, you know, but um, so so I would always come back to diagnosing the root cause, which is the, you know, my whole reason for being is making sure that you're looking at the root cause and not addressing the symptoms. And I, whenever I talk about this, I talk about the medical analogy of having a headache and treating that with a painkiller when your reason for the headache could be that you need new glasses and therefore the painkiller is just papering over the cracks so you have to work out that you need new glasses and get new glasses. And and that's important in biz, you know, in organizations. You have to understand why things are happening. The other thing I think is what we sort of touched on about that sort of governance of the board and, and having that horizon scanning and making sure that you're looking at the long term maybe unintended consequences of decisions that are being made. And that comes from having, you know, diverse thinking in the boardroom. It comes from having good counsel from whether it's non-exec directors, whether it's having a shadow board that's, you know, other employees in the organisation, whether it's reverse mentoring, whatever it might be. Sometimes if you're in a bit of an information bubble or an echo chamber, you will miss the things and the decisions that you're making and the impact they're having. And it's important to put processes and systems in place to make sure that, that you are, you know, having your checks and balances really. So it's making sure that you've got that horizon scanning that you're looking forward and that you're aware of what you're doing. And one of the things I heard recently was, you know, does it pass the Daily Mail headline test as a decision? And and that's kind of stayed with me. You know, so if you're making a decision to pay your directors a dividend during a, a global crisis, is that is that the right thing to do? Um, you know, that your shareholders get that dividend, or or is there actually something where that could Maybe have an unintended consequence later down the line, and and that sort of Daily Mail headline test has just just stayed with me for the last kind of few months. That is a good one, and I, I think like that when you're going through change, that's important because yeah. you can get quite blinkered into what you're trying to achieve, and and if you're leading an organisation, the change that you're doing, you know, your stake your stakeholder map is going to be challenging because you've mm. got shareholders to please you've probably got you know invest there's lots of different groups of people there with very different agendas for your success mm-hmm. yeah and you know we have to do what's in the best interest of the organization and that has to be at the forefront of any change decision
2: mm-hmm. yeah 100 i would say um and we spoke about this during our discussion but time you know allow yourself time to understand yourself what that change is because if you don't know and you don't understand it, you're not going to do it justice, and you're not going to be able to challenge when challenge is needed, and you're going to feel like you can't speak up, right? And one of the, that's a, one of the biggest risks, I would say, when you're leading on stuff, stuff like this, is that you're not confident in what they're asking you to do. So be curious and ask a question, and if you're still not sure, then something is not right. Because as a communicator, as a business lead, who's leading on this, and if you're not getting it, then no one else is going to get it. Mm-hmm. So. You know, take time, understand it, understand the why and and be conscious of what is being asked of mm. you um, and have your frameworks in place. You know, whether it is the ADCAV model, awareness, desire, knowledge, ability, reinforcement. Yay. I remember. <laughs> um, if it is the ADCAV model, whether it is Cotter's eight step change, you know, the eight that is changed it to a circle thing now, whether it's, you know, be get familiar with these models because they do work you know, they work and they add, they have impact and they make a difference. And if you feel like you're not a change specialist or familiar with change and you don't do change, you do do change, trust (laughs) me, then go and find out, you know, you don't have to do a a change course or anything, but there's loads of materials and resources. And we'll put a few things in our show notes that will be useful for you, but upskill yourself and educate yourself so you feel confident when you're stepping into that space again and having that conversation. And the other tip, you know, and I know we mentioned it, but Please, please do a stakeholder analysis. <laughs> if you are listening to this and you're involved in change and you've not done a stakeholder analysis and you don't, you're not, you've not done a SWAT or a or PEST-DULL, depending which one you want to do, you have to do one. Like you cannot... It's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. Yeah, you cannot, I would agree. You cannot do a change justice if you don't have all your ducks in a row and you don't know what's going on. And doing a SWAT or a pest is incredibly important for you to understand the gaps. Mm-hmm. the gaps that are missing in this program and that's what will give you the knowledge and the confidence to go to your leadership team to go to the change person and say what's happening here what's yeah. going on there where's this stakeholder why are we not speaking to that person what you know and and you're going to have to kind of shoulder barge yourself in to some of these conversations, you yeah, are. Yeah, I love that shoulder. Bar. Yeah, you shoulder, like just nudge your shoulders in and go. Over We're all doing it. And bring your Get own your chair shoulders in. And bring your own chair. Like you know, we talk about a seat at the table. I know it's been yeah. on for twenty years, but just Stay say, well, "Bring your chair, <laughs> wheel your chair in." <laughs> I'm coming. Wheelchair in and stand near the door. or Whatever you need to do, but you are going to be in that conversation. It's important for you to say, "I need to be in this conversation if you want me to be part of the change yeah. program." And I think that, that's what you need to
1: do. I I love that barging in. Barging. I've done, I have done it. Um, I've done the shoulder badge. (laughs) Um, So a couple from me. Um, I would say engage your key teams as early as possible. Do not avoid talking to your people um, who have key responsibilities like communications. It's very easy if you're a leader to say, oh, it's private, it's secret, we can't talk about it. But these are the people that you need to be able to trust. So Bring them in as early as possible. The other one is don't fear the change and don't fear talking nice. about the change because this is the thing that will just shut it down. The fact that you know what what Jenny spoke about with um, the Daily Mail thing, just not looking at the whole spectrum of the stakeholder map and the stakeholders and saying I'm avoiding talking to this one because oh I don't it, it feels uncomfortable. It's a big change and being scared of it is the one thing that will just Set it alight. You yes. know, it's just not going to work. Um, and then I'd also recommend you read neuroscience um, in change or neuroscience the, for organizational for organizational change. change. By Sorry, Hillary Scarlett. Scarlett. Yeah, I, I had the name. I just yeah. didn't have the full name <laughs> of the title. But neuroscience um, of organizational change by Hillary Scarlett, and we'll put that in the show notes as well um, for you to read. And I'd say whether you're a communicator or a leader, that's a really, really good book Great. to read to get around. The whole area of behavior and how people work with change. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. Brilliant. We could have got quite opinionated there. I think we did yeah. very well. You, uh, did, you did close it down, Trudy. You were like, it's going to get... A, I, yeah, yeah, because I, it's I know... I know. Bear
1: <laughs> it's the area um, of our work, really, yeah. that's, that, that's very emotive, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: as you can tell. <laughs> and, you know, I say this every podcast episode almost, but do send us... This is what we're here to do. All three of us are here to help, to support, to direct you to the right resources and to give you advice and guidance and, you know, wherever we can. We're here. You're not alone in this. Yeah. And there are so many people who feel that there may be but you're not so if you have got a question or you want us to talk about this in the next season of uh, the podcast or just anything that's going on in your business then just send us a DM you know we're there to support you so please definitely feel like you're not on your own I think that's important yeah Yeah. and do your stakeholder map (laughs) it's a (laughs) (laughs) non-negotiable and the shoulder barge and the shoulder barge we're all doing it again
1: (laughs) thank you for listening If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit CarmageRebels.com. We'd love to continue the conversation, so please connect, ask questions and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn under CarmageRebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us.